0: Have you ever watched old school wrestling and like two guys get in a corner and they're beating the stuff out of each other and out of the blue, boink, somebody gets poked right in the eye. Well, when the world starts to wrap us up in the corner, we need to find a way out. And sometimes the simplest move is to just poke the devil in the eye. Now on to the intro. School of Life, he is here talking about stuff, and whatever's going on in his brain, you know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am, it's me, talking about something. So, uh, as you can tell by the intro, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about poking the devil in the eye. And sometimes we just have to do that. We have to take an opportunity to just poke that dude in the eye. And uh, But first, let's get to some business. Um, if you're watching me on YouTube, make sure to uh, like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff required so that you can see me every time I pop up with a fresh new video. And if you're watching or listening, because there's a podcast available on Facebook, Make sure to like and share those items. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and wherever your podcasts are available, I am there. So make sure to uh, like, leave a comment, do whatever you need to do. And uh, (laughs) so let's talk about the infamous... (laughs) The infamous eye poke. (laughs) First of all, we have to understand something. Um not all battles are spiritual battles. Some battles just require some adjustments in our lives to get through what we must get through. So we also have to understand that the devil, the enemy, is always trying to derail us in everything that we do. If you are a believer, you're a born again person, the devil will always try to mess with you. So, if you're living for the devil, he's not going to mess with you. If you're living for God, the devil's going to mess with you. That's the most, probably simplest way to say things. So, <laughs> and so I want to show, I just want to give, give us some groundwork here. So, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, if you've ever read the armor of God section, th- th- this is a part of that. And this is where th- the spiritual stuff is really kind of messy. So, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of of wickedness in heavenly places, in the heavenly places. So yes, in the background, I'm just gonna be very simple here, in the background of everything that we see, there is a spiritual realm. And that's the place that the devil functions from. He, tr- he messes with our thoughts, he messes with the way we do stuff, he, he tries to get us to go directions that we don't wanna go. Um, he will utilize people to, to move you to different places. And uh, so, in order to give the devil a good old-fashioned poke in the eye, First, we have to be born again. The veil of the lie has to be removed. And what's the lie? The lie is there is no God and there is no devil. So one of the greatest things that the devil has done is to tell people that he doesn't exist. But here we read that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers, the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. So these are the things that are floating around that yes, they absolutely do mess with us. So what happens is that when you become born again, that veil, that lie that's been told that the world tells gets removed and you start to see the things. And that's why that's why people like agnostics or atheists or or just just this is the way it is, that that lie sits there and they refuse to see. There's some people, I'll be honest, and some people won't like the statement, but some people just can't be argued with. And some people can't be debated with because they will never, ever take your side or believe your side until that veil is removed. And now, now I'm going to explain this veil to you. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 3, <laughs> 13 through 17. So in the Old Testament, Moses went up to the mountain and he spent time in the glory of God. And so on his way down, his body, his face is just filled with glory. So he veiled it. So watch this. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. So unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not, look, could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So it was so bright, and the glory was so strong on him that he veiled it up so as it would pass away, people could actually look at him. But their minds were blinded. This is verse 14. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. So you have to have Christ in order for that veil to be taken away so that people can see the glory. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, here it is, is verse 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So when you have the Spirit of God in you, you have Jesus in you. I'm going to read this again. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So there becomes a freedom in your mind. There becomes a freedom in your heart. There becomes a direction that you can take. There becomes things that you can do that you couldn't do before because now you see the truth. now this goes on to chapter four so I'm going to move forward to 2 Corinthians chapter four verse one. Therefore since we have this ministry, now that we have the ministry of Jesus, as we ha- as we receive mercy we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden the hidden things of shames, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled by those who are perishing. So the people that don't know God, the people that don't know Jesus, we're all perishing physically. But we're if you know Jesus, you're not perishing perishing spiritually. So here we go. Whose minds the God of this age, the devil, the enemy, the Satan, Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ who is the image of God should shine on them for we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord our, our, and ourselves our bond servants for Jesus sake for it is the God who, commended, who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so poking the devil in the eye it sounds a little violent <laughs> but once we have the truth and understanding of who Jesus is we we can see clearly it gives us an opportunity to recognize the spiritual things that are causing damage in our lives so that we can utilize the word of God to just poke the devil in the eye and like I said poking Poking the devil in the eye sounds a little violent, but this is just a metaphor for gaining the advantage and going for the win. When we are open to being humble before God, we are, in fact, giving the devil the infamous eye poke. Watch this. This is 1 Peter 5. um, I believe it's 6 through 10. Therefore, humble yourself. So you are poking the devil in the eye when you do this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How do I poke the devil in the eye? Humble yourself before God. Cast, verse seven, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. When, when, when I give God everything, when I all my issues, all my problems, all my love, all my support, everything that I have, I give him my family, I give him my money, I give him everything, He's going to exalt me in due time. He will exalt you in due time when you humble yourself and give him the things that he requires. Watch this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, here he is again, walks walks about like a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. So here's the devil walking around like a roaring lion seeking to see who he can devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Everybody we know has the very similar issues in life. Everybody. But may the God of grace who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Look at Let's look at 9 and 10 again. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Be faithful that God is going to take care of you. Be faithful that God is going to take care of you. He's going to do the things that he promised he would do. When? When you humble yourself. When you're willing to poke the devil in the eye by humbling yourself and submitting to his word and this is the response after you have suffered a while yeah of course it's not because he's causing the suffering it's because yeah guess what when you have issues you suffer a little bit (laughs) when you have an issue or a problem a financial strain whatever whatever these things are that mess with us thought issues maybe you're addicted to porn you're suffering a while because in your heart you don't feel good about it in your in your family you don't feel good about it You, you you're struggling with those things So that's where this comes from, is this suffered a while, he will perfect you, he will establish you, and he will strengthen you, and he will settle you. Come on. He will bring us to a place where we can be calm and able to do the things that we are called to do. And when we find ourselves in that place, what are we doing? It's the infamous eye poke. He's oh, he's messing with me. He's got me. He's got me in the corner. I'm getting jacked up. I'm getting rib shots and all this stuff. And bang, right in the eye. And then you give yourself an opening to move forward. When we do get the eye poke in, we're resisting the devil. <laughs> and we are told in the Bible that if you resist the devil, he will flee. There's a catch to that. Very similar to humbling yourself. The the, the verse actually reads this because a lot of times we just go, oh, just resist the devil and he will flee. Well, we forgot a part. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. That's the key to resisting the devil. It goes along with humbling yourself. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You have to submit to God first. That's the first major poke in the eye to the devil is submitting to God. He does not like that. And he will recognize that you are running a godly life and doing godly things and he will take off, right? <laughs> so knowing that our who our fight is against, and knowing that our eyes are now unveiled to the truth of God and we've humbled ourselves and we've submitted to him, we now can use the sword of the spirit. Here's the weapon, the word of God, to keep the devil fleeing by using scripture each time we need to poke him in the eye for getting on our back again. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of examples. People start talking bad about you, blah, 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 you're so on and so forth. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me says the Lord no weapon formed against us shall prosper because we are children of the high King Jesus and we can get and move forward with things. So when we, we when we take this verse out and we pull our sword out and we got this verse on our mouth and we go, we're poking the devil in the eye. We say, hey, you know, these people that are bad-mouthing me, they nothing, nothing shall be formed against me. And what's it say about every tongue which rises against me? When people are saying bad stuff, oh, well, let them say the bad stuff. You will rise above it. When Jesus was being tempted in the in the desert, you know, he got baptized, the Holy Spirit showed up as the dove, God said, this is my child, and he goes off to the desert for 40 days and fasts. right? So when Jesus is being tempted, he told Satan straight up, get thee behind me, get behind me, flee from me, get away from me. And watch this, this is Luke 4, 8, and Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. (laughs) So Jesus himself just said, and if we can do what Jesus did, then we can absolutely tell Satan, get thee behind me. I I, I am not going to mess with this. Here's a a poke to the eye. I'm just going to poke you in the eye. Get behind me. I'm going to move forward with the things that God has for me to do. And he also said it to Peter. He told Peter, get thee behind me. Why? Watch this. So so Jesus is talking. He's all, I'm going to go away for a little while. I got to die on a cross and I got to get rose again. That's paraphrased. But he tells him this in Matthew 16, 21 through 23. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter's trying to rebuke Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So here's Jesus, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) You are an offense to me, and you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, is he actually talking to Peter, or is he talking to the influence that's Handling this statement at the time. So Peter's being influenced to try to get God, Jesus, not to go to the cross. He's like, no, you can't do that. Well, he's being influenced by something, possibly. And so Jesus recognizes that because he's Jesus and he recognizes, oh man, this is the devil. So he turns around and looks at Peter, but he's talking to the influence, the spiritual thing, the issue, the problem, the, the the war, the battle. And he says, get thee behind me. Now watch what he says after that. You are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God. If there are things that are not mindful of the things of God in your life, you need to poke them in the eye. You need to tell them to get off you. You need to tell them what to do. You have the authority in Christ Jesus to tell these things to leave. We can also use the infamous eye poke by saying that the devil has no claim on me. (laughs) Devil, you ain't got no claim on me. I am a born-again believer. I am following after Jesus Christ. I am heir and joint heir to the kingdom of God, and I can do the things that God said I can do, and you are nothing to me. And Jesus actually goes about this in John 14. And he's doing the same conversation. I will no longer walk with you for the ruler of this world is coming. Who? The devil. The ruler of this world is coming. And then he says, he has no claim on me. That's a poke to the eye. That's a poke to the eye of the devil. If you can understand that, the devil has no claim on me. The devil has no claim on you. You're a born again believer. You are a child of the one true God, and you are heir and joint heir to the kingdom. You have everything that Jesus said you could have. So you could look at the devil in the eye and say, You have no claim on me. Give it time. Watch it move forward. See what God can do in your life when you start to go, I am going to move forward. I'm going to poke the devil in the eye and do the things that God said I can do. Right on, right on.